2: Welcome back. It's the hour two of tonight's Andrew K show on this Friday Eve, rolling into the weekend here. And if you missed last hour, we spent a lot of time on this Cyber Threat Intelligence League. Sounds really awesome, right? Pew, pew, superheroes, pow, pow. Except the superpower is to be uh, used against the United States citizens. So if you missed last hour, don't forget the podcast. Download it wherever you get your pods. Email me. At show.com. In fact, we got a couple of emails to read later. And I think I mentioned last hour, good friend Tom DeBocaro will be here tonight, author of The Divided Era and Other Books, historian, uh, brilliant attorney, and political commentator will be here with us in just a momento. Um, moment, uh, momento, right? Yeah. Um, I just, I speak so many languages, right? It's hard for me to pick which one um the dude who speaks the international language of truth who joins me every night of the week is none other than dj sesame broccolini i love me some sesame broccolini this guy fiery like a dragon like a dungeon dragon high heat sesame broccolini
3: I uh I used to know some other languages, at least a, mm-hmm. l- a little bit of it. I actually, at one point in my life, was pretty good at Spanish. I could conversate pretty Whoa. well in it, and uh, that's very helpful here in Southern California. So it was really useful, and I miss those days.
2: I mean, not so good with the languages. One of my besties who grew up in TJ, uh, Munchie, Montserrat tried to teach me some Espanol and it didn't work. It didn't go well. So she proceeded to just refer to me to everybody as Mensa face. True story. (laughs) Or Pendejo. (laughs) We're still really good friends uh, because, you know, we just like to have some laughs together. I don't know if he speaks any additional languages. I, I do know that he likes to cook up veal apparently and work in his garden. He's a bit of a dandy. He speaks the international language of being a fine fellow. And of course I'm referring to dear friend Tom Del Bacaro. Hello Tom, welcome back. How are you? I'm good. That was quite the delay there. Are you are you pulling yeah, you know, an also subuco out of the oven?
4: <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was chicken salt and bokeh, Uh one of my favorite Ooh. dishes.
2: Hmm. I got to tell you, one of my one of my girlfriends, her husband uh, was given an assignment with the military over in Italy and she they're in London right now. And she's like, I never thought I'd be so happy to eat English food after nine months of, of eating nothing but pasta. So uh, I yeah, almost never
4: eat pasta, actually.
2: Well, yeah. Um. So she let's just say she's a little she's a little war slap out on the Italian. Okay, it, you and you must be when you're ready to eat some English food because anybody who's spending any time with London knows the only thing that they can halfway competently make is a sandwich over there. Okay, um, but <laughs> have you wow. spent any time in London? Then you know what I mean. Okay, I love London, but not the cuisine. Okay, so um, let's take it back to the States because today things are so bad economically that there was this big story today that this gal was all excited that her family celebrated her 30th birthday at the Costco. It's a true story. And they, they, because all seven of them were able to have her birthday celebration outside at the food court, eating hot dogs and Costco cheese pizza. Tom Dabacaro, what we have done to the economy, what the Biden administration has done, is criminal, isn't it?
4: Well, really what politicians have been doing for five decades, and it's, yeah. and it's on steroids now, because they continue to cause inflation, they continue to regulate, they drive up energy prices, they drive up uh oil prices, which affects everything from e r rooms to heating oil, and yes, it is criminal and and then, of course, they blame it on others. I did a mm-hmm. social media post the other day where Jimmy Carter, if you remember, blamed. Bush senior for economic maladies four years after Obama got into office. And here you are, Joe Biden, three years after he's into office. First he lies and says the economy was bad under Trump, and then he blames Trump for what mm-hmm. maladies we have today. But that's what socialists do. They never and <laughs> and I'm sure Gavin Newsom's gonna do that in the in the grand debate is blame someone else mm-hmm. for for their failures.
2: I think it was absolute absolutely moronic that any republican, let alone a candidate in a campaign for president, decided to give a national forum to a communist that most that has aspirations of being president, who most of the country doesn't know and those who do know of him know what an abys- abysmal uh a communist dictator that he has been to the destruction of his state. And for the Republican Party and for Ron DeSantis to go, yeah, let's give this guy an opportunity to slick talk his way around the communist policies. I think it's the one of the dumbest things I've ever seen done politically. Am I wrong?
4: Well, it's interesting. DeSantis' campaign has definitely plateaued, if not fallen. And he needs a jump start. So this may come as a great opportunity for him. I'm not sure. Uh, I think there's less stress on Newsom because he's not really running. So he could always say, I I did the cause for the left. And that's all he ever does, right? What's he going to talk about? The climate and abortion. That's, That's his only issues. He can't talk any numbers. So it's very interesting. We live in a new digital world where everything's different. And I guess this is just part of it.
2: Well, you know, we uh, we spent a lot of time in the last hour talking about the blockbuster information that came out at the uh, select uh, subcommittee hearing today on the weaponization of the government. Uh, You know, the government's being weaponized against us, not just in terms of the court system, not just in terms of surveillance, not just in terms of censorship, but also economically you know, with the open borders and what they're doing, you know, doing to us money wise. And the Republican party is just right in lockstep. We got Speaker Johnson talking about, yeah, Ukraine's a priority. You know, we got to get money for Ukraine. Um, He's, you know, um, he's pushing back uh, against people, Republicans that are saying we don't need to be funding surveillance as part of the NDAA, you know, you know, when, when we've got the Republican party, Uh, kicking us in the teeth economically. Who needs Democrats?
4: Well, the Republican Party hasn't stood strong enough. Uh, Look, the budget has gone, is roughly three and a half times larger, in real dollars, from when Reagan said government was not the solution to our problems. Government is the problem. And the advance of technology makes government's ability to take away our rights just all the more dramatic and quick and all these revelations about how they're snooping on us, which are all fourth amendment violations. And, uh, and, you know, they don't need to quarter soldiers in our homes. They can just look and tap into our phones without our approval. And that's the world we live in. And AI will only improve those abilities. And this is, you know, what, Maybe Franklin didn't quite understand where the technology will be, but he did say a republic, madam, if you can keep it. And I'm sure I've said on your show before, he didn't say if your leaders could keep it. He said if mm-hmm. you could keep it, because he didn't Good expect point. politicians to to save democracy or a republic. He, he only uh, he knew that if it was going to be saved at all, it would have to be the citizens.
2: How would the citizens save it now? With everything going on, with every institution weaponized against us, how do we save it? Well,
4: uh, you know, I think th- what's going on at the school board level is a good example with what can be done. C- citizens have to get in there and run. Citizens have to change the policies. It's an uphill climb. I don't. I have no illusions. For someone who walked precincts. I don't know how many decades ago and has sort of fought this at every level or participated at every level of trying to get people elected. It's a difficult thing and it's getting harder all the time. But it is a you know a ground up thing. Not like the economy mm-hmm. you can't build the economy from the ground up, but politics it's important to have local control and build candidates through that process. It's also important to remember that the biggest change in politics in the last 50 years was Prop 13 in California, which was a citizen-driven initiative. It wasn't the establishment who wanted it. And you can't expect Washington to clean up Washington. That's why we, you know, we fight City Hall. We don't Glorify it. So it's a process, but the initiative process here in California, why don't we have an initiative to repeal Prop 47? This should be the biggest no-brainer in the history of mankind. We need a leader.
2: Yeah. Well, you're right. Um, we, we need a leader. We need, but, but we, most importantly, I think what we, what we need is we need Americans to get off their lazy hineys and get active instead of just sitting back and complaining about those in power. Because let me tell you, those in power were not lazy. They got out initially and hustled. They fundraised. They got active. They knocked on doors. Right. That's it. it,
4: and their <laughs> founders didn't vote King George out of office. <laughs> they put their lives on the line to do it you 've got to you've got to give to succeed in that arena
2: right i mean it's it's the same thing politically as it is in your personal and your professional life if you're going to sit around and be lazy. Uh, you're not going to accomplish anything in your life. And it's the same thing that there is. Conservatives are not activists. The Democrat Party is. I feel like I'm a broken record because I say this all the time. But I'm just really kind of, I'm fed up with two types of conservatives. Those that are just lazy, not doing anything. And the Christians who tell me that they've got to protect their thought life and they can't watch the news because it's too depressing. Um, It's your job to know what's happening in the world and to do your part to try to save it. Because what we've got going on is a Battle of good versus evil, and if you're not doing anything to fight it, you are intentionally sitting back and letting evil take root. And it and right now, the front is involving children and their minds, and their souls, and their bodies. And we are we are cl- we are. I kind of feel like where we are as a nation right now is we're kind of at a roller coaster. You were at the top of the hill. Half of the car is hanging over the hill, and it's about to go over. That's kind of where I feel like we're at. Wrap us up, Tom.
4: Uh, Maybe the next time we're on, I will talk about an op-ed I'm going to have coming out about why this truly is the most important election. You know, just as a general principle, keep in mind that since the power of government is constantly growing, by definition, every next election is more important than the last. But this Mm. upcoming election is going to be critical.
2: Well, it's only a year away. And yet the Republican Party, I'm not hearing of a ground game. I'm not hearing of anybody out walking on doors. I'm not hearing of any any plan to counter what the Democrats no doubt already have in play. So we'll have to have you back next week. We can talk about the op-ed. We can talk about the next election and hopefully motivate people to get active. Tom Dell, thank you for being here tonight, my dear friend.
4: All right. Talk to you soon.
2: All right. And you guys stick around. I'm going to answer uh, a question for you guys that came about Sesame Broccolini and I will uh, from a listener. So stick around.
5: A.K. Dynamite in a dress or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. Uh, We were talking with Tom DeBacaro about how we save this country is that we all have to do it. We can't just sit back and expect Trump to come in. Look what Trump has sacrificed for this country. And he refuses to go away. Think about being in the crosshairs of this government coming against you destroying you, doing everything he can to destroy you politically, financially, wreck your family, throw you behind bars. And yet he continues and he continues and he continues. It should be motivational for us. Uh, In fact, um, there was an interesting clip between Tucker Carlson and Roseanne Barr, who talk about courageous. Roseanne Barr basically sacrificed her brand, her show, and everything with her politics by going forward with her conservatism. And, um, you know, she even talked recently on a stand-up that she would do it all over again because there's some things worth fighting for and you can't just give up your soul. And so I was surprised to hear Tucker Carlson in an interview with Roseanne Barr. She now, I guess, has her show on uh, Public Square. And I was surprised to hear Tucker Carlson say this. What
1: do you think? I certainly support Trump, I'll tell you that. Right. And I can tell you, I mean, I've always agreed with Trump's policies, always. And I lost friends over it. Um, but, and I've never really actively supported anybody because it's not my job to actively support people. I right. watch, you know, right. I like to watch. Um, <laughs> but I'm a voyeur. Yeah. <laughs> but I became an active Trump supporter when they raided Mar a Lago last summer the summer of 2022 that that that's just, that can't stand
2: no that can't and that i something.
1: Ag- agree with trump on a lot but even if i disagreed with trump on a lot i'd still be a trump supporter because you cannot allow that you cannot allow the you know the regime the president of the united states to use the justice department to knock the front runner out of the race you can't do that no mm-hmm. you can't do that so it's bigger than trump it's bigger than biden it's a question of you know do you want to live in a free country with a functioning justice system you know
4: that's exactly
1: and right. so i'm voting for trump And if they convict him, I will send him the max donations and I will lead protests. That's how I feel.
2: That's how I feel.
1: Because and by the way, if I thought that he had committed some real crime, I wouldn't feel that way. But he didn't. (laughs) He and Biden are both found with classified documents at home, along with every other former high level federal official in history. But only Trump is indicted. Like, tell me how that works. Oh, shut up.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. And one of the things that I'm thinking of as I'm listening to that clip again, Sesame Broccolini, is that they raided Mar-a-Lago in Florida. In Florida. And Ron DeSantis did nothing, did make any stink about it. Like I said in last hour, one of the one of the reasons why I detest Ron DeSantis so much is I really liked him so much a couple of years ago. And I said, but what I didn't know about him was where he stood on the deep state, which was my number one issue. Um, because it, 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 encompasses every issue that we have, because what's the point of complaining about economics, for example, if they're going to control the outcome of the elections? And now we see the extent of which uh, the different apparatuses and the weaponization of the government uh, to achieve that goal, to control the outcome of the elections. And Ron DeSantis is perfectly happy to support the deep state and justify it if he thinks that it's going to assist him in getting to the White House and that's why he didn't do anything to try to stop this FBI raid on in his home state didn't show up outside the courtroom he could have he could have proven to me um that he is a person of character and integrity if he had said look i'm going to i'm running for president of the united states but this is just like tucker said this can't happen there's not been one former president who didn't have classified documents in his home and in the case of the current president of the united states he Had no right to the classified documents because unlike the presidents of the United States who actually have the right to have classified documents, he was a sitting senator and didn't have the right to have them. And this cannot go, this persecution of, of citizens isn't going to go down in my state. Just like when the FBI whistleblower came forward and talked about the Jan 6 defendants in the state of Florida being railroaded and having their constitutional rights violated. Ron DeSantis did nothing. And the DeSantis team keeps coming out and saying, well, it's up to Trump to do something. Trump could have pardoned the Jan 6 defendants, even if he could have. And I don't know how you preemptively pardon people when they haven't even been prosecuted yet. And there were some people that deserve to be prosecuted. Um, That didn't make sense. It's certainly not in the time frame that he had. But Ron DeSantis is governor of the state of Florida. Those are his constituents. He has direct responsibility for them and what was done to them. Shame on him. And that's one of the reasons why he's never going to get above the support that he has. And the only thing that the only opportunity he has for being the Republican nominee is if the deep state wins. And that's what he's cheering for. And a speaking of Ron DeSantis, uh, Don Jr. had something to say to Eric Bowling on Newsmax today about Fox News. And I love this clip, Sesame.
5: They want someone who answers to them. They want someone that has no choice but to answer to them because their entire political existence is due to them and their money. So they're desperate to stop that. You've seen that. That's the uni party all over again. Mm. They don't care if it's this or that. They want the power and they control. They see that over at Fox News. They gave Ron DeSantis the perpetual lap dance for two years. They realize he's not the guy. So now they're going to Nikki Haley because they want someone that when they call, whether it's good for the American people or not, if it serves their agenda, they ask, How high would you like me to jump uh, Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, Paul Ryan, the board, whatever it may be? It's not about the American people. And the faster the American people understand that the quote unquote conservatives, even the conservatives out there from the billionaire class, don't actually have anything to do with their best interests, the the faster and better we'll be off uh, going forward as an America first movement.
2: I absolutely agree. Sesame Broccolini. Oh, that was spot on.
3: That was incredibly sharp. People need to to realize that what the establishment is looking for, whether it's the Democrat establishment or the GOP, they want somebody without any real ambition, somebody like a McCarthy, frankly, that can Mm -hmm. be pushed around, easily manipulated um, somebody that can basically be controlled like a lapdog. They don't want someone who's strong and resilient and capable of self-governance with their own vision for the country. They, they, they want someone that they can count on, someone that will help them concentrate their own power and block us out of our own republic. We are, we are Our republic is being... I don't even want to say it's being weaponized against us. It's being stolen away from us every single yes. day. This this is an ongoing project, and clearly, it's been in the work for many, or in the works for many, many, many years. So again, we we talked about this last hour. I want to know what's the game plan for for our response. What are we supposed to do to reclaim this republic before the deep state completely consumes it and it's gone? I I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's some case, I guess, for local action. Sure. But, you know, to your point earlier, I don't know what exactly we can do. I'm trying to figure out how this all works out. And I don't know, because this country is not the country I grew up in. It's certainly not the country that our ancestors gave to us. It's not what the founding fathers created. And it's hard to even describe the incredible frustration um, because this is the last frontier, people. It really is. Mm-hmm. All this kind of yeah. hate speech laws and and censorship and the censor- censorship industrial complex that Schellenberger's talking about, it's worse in Ireland. It's worse in China. It's worse in Russia. It's worse in Canada. So uh, those are all places that don't have constitutional rights. This is all happening with a constitution in place. I can't even imagine what the government would try to pull if we didn't have some kind of constitution on the books to keep them, at least in theory, from overstepping their bounds because they've completely overstepped every mm-hmm. single line. Every single line has been crossed at this point. So I, I don't know what you think as far as how do we how do we address this because at this point, it's like, I mean, for me, it's number one, we have to get Trump back in the White House. I think that's step one. Um, and I'm, he- I'm glad to hear that Tucker will be leading protests um, and, will, and is supporting Trump so fervently because that's what we need right now. We, Ron DeSantis... Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. I wish he had just united behind Trump, backed out of the race, threw all of his weight behind him and said, we have to stand with him and stand against the deep state. That would have been so smart. And it's the right thing to do. So I just don't understand this from a strategy point of view. I don't understand his his, you know, inaction or lack of recourse with the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. I don't understand what he's thinking, but he is completely turning against his own base. People that were looking to him and thinking he could be an America first, you know, president. Uh, he could be our guy, uh, at least for a while. People thought that. But now I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know, no. if it, I don't know no. many conservatives, real conservatives that are excited about somebody like DeSantis and certainly not no. about Nikki Haley. Um, it, it's Trump all the way at this point. That's step one. Get Trump back into office.
2: Well, I you know, I, I like his idea of, of, of well, I started to say, well it was never mind. I started to say I like his idea of slashing 75% of the institutions, but that was Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> that was a DeSantis. Uh look, DeSantis is establishment, right? And you know, look, you know, yeah, I'm aware uh that he, you know, went to went to uh the Ivy Leagues and was a Navy officer. That's not a, that's not a selling point to me. It used to be, but not of his generation. I know too much about what's going on in the Navy because my godson just graduated the Naval Academy and is in flight training. I know too much. No, they are woke. And um, he worked under the Obama administration down in Gitmo. Um, you know, so I don't know that he, has he done some good things in Florida? Yeah. But one of the things that I've talked about what became clear to me as I was looking at some of the stuff that's going on in Florida, it was never quite really conservative. For example, um, with the uh, with what the left called the don't say gay bill, it was only about not talking about uh, LBGT stuff to uh, kids below, I believe it was the fourth grade. Why is it okay to talk about that with fifth graders who are 9 and 10 years old? That's not my idea of conservatism. Don't throw me a bone like that and act like you're some, you know, you're some conservative trying to trying to protect the minds of children. Nine year old and 10 year old fifth graders don't need to be hearing this crap either. Uh, there's there and there's too many instances like that. I didn't like uh, the political ploy of him recently saying that uh, if you are a single mother of somebody who's who's got children for the ages of four and under, you get special deals when it comes to buying products for your family. Well, what if you got a single mother of a, of a five year old? They're not struggling. That's liberalism to me. Trying to use the tax code, trying to use, uh, you know, economics as a way to buy votes and placate certain people. That's not a conservative position. Not at all. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about advocate, ad activism. And uh, we've got another crazy clip from Joe Biden that maybe, maybe, just maybe sesame broccolini (laughs) can help me understand. Stay tuned.
5: Andrea K, telling you like it is, while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on the Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Hey, thanks to everybody that was emailing me last night. I could not remember the name of this beautiful African-American woman. That was so in the Trump inner circle, and then she's joined the DeSantis camp. I got a bunch of emails from people uh, saying Omarosa. It was not Omarosa. Um, It was actually Katrina Pearson. Who remembers Katrina Pearson?
3: Uh, Yeah, that doesn't...
2: You don't remember Katrina Pearson? She was one of his big spokespeople um, in in terms of... um, reaching out to the African-American community. I met her, hung out with her at CPAC because she was good friends with my friend, Dr. Gina. And, you know, she just never said a negative word about Trump. His entire administration, it was, uh, he was the greatest thing ever. He's working so hard for the American people. Her All of her social media, pictures of her and Trump. And then immediately... Uh, once to, Gavin Newsom decided he wanted to run for presidency, now Donald Trump is the devil and DeSantis is the greatest thing that's ever happened. So, um, you know, that's was so that's who I was referring to. Um, the one of the founders of Black Lives Matter uh, out of New Jersey has endorsed President Trump. And a lot of people are upset about today saying that he uh, welcomed the endorsement. And that I think he might have even, uh, you know, praised Black Lives Matter as a movement at some point. What's your take on that, Sesame?
3: Well, I think, first of all, it's hilarious. That somebody who's that high ranking within BLM is endorsing Trump at this point. And it's funny because just earlier today, Chris Cuomo was also saying that we got through a Trump term and it was pretty good. And so maybe we could do it again. Um, So the tide is turning. I think that's hilarious. Having said that, I really do not want to see him welcome or embrace the BLM movement because it is anti-America. Um, and it's based on a lot of lies about our founding, about what this country stands for, about who created it. So I, I have to say, I'm very, very uneasy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't like the idea of him embracing BLM. I, right. I, I get what he's saying; he he appreciates people saying, "Oh, I plan to vote for you." So I get his instinct to want to say, "Yeah, that's a good thing." But right. um, you mm-hmm. don't want to please people who are anti-American. Like the, 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 we're so fundamentally at odds with BLM, antifa, Trantifa, that whole sect of america so i I really don't want to see him placate them in any way at all
2: yeah he just you're right it was about instinct his initial instinct is oh thank you yeah you guys are great not thinking it through Mm -hmm. before he responded Mm -hmm. and had he thought it through and had he listened to some competent advisors who i don't know who's around him on his campaign uh he would have not spoken directly about black lives matter he would have said uh as i said in 2016 to the African-American community that the African-American community has been taken advantage of and mistreated uh, by Mm -hmm. the Democrat Party. And what I said to the African-American community is what do you have to lose? Nothing. And in my presidency, the African-American community had the lowest unemployment, uh, the highest new business startups. I funded historical black colleges and universities. I worked with organizations to create opportunity zones in the black communities that resulted in the highest Uh, new business startups in the African-American community who are entrepreneurial at heart. And I, you know, look forward to, you know, welcoming many more African-American communities into understanding the value, what I'm about, which is about unleashing uh, the American dream for everybody. And don't even say anything about Black Lives Matter. Keep it about, you know, keep it generic, touting his record for African-Americans and all people. That's really what what, in my opinion, how he should have dealt with it. Um, Not even saying anything about Black Lives Matter. Do you agree with my idea?
3: Yeah, I do. Be honest. No, I do. I do. Honestly, I think that's smart. And it's it's all true. Look, I mean, every American was better off under Trump. Regardless mm-hmm. of what you look like or where you come from, every single American was was so much better off across the board in so many ways. So please if, have a field day with that. Brag, and, and by the mm-hmm. way, he's, there's a reason he's garnered more support among African-American voters than any Republican presidential candidate in a long time and certainly more than any other president in a long time as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I mean, I, I just – focus, like you said, focus on your record, focus on what you're doing to improve the lives of, of African-American people. And the way I would advise him if I was in his ear is I would say to him, you should say, unlike Black Lives Matter, I've actually taken real steps to improve the lives of African-American people in this country. And it worked. So give me another chance. Give me another four years and I will fulfill my promises and make it even better for you. So I think Trump could actually. Take this as an opportunity to contrast himself with that organization, and it would be very good for for uh, his, you know, his I think campaign. that would
2: appeal to conservatives. My suggestion, and in the primary, that might be good. My suggestion is to, you know, if he's to pivot to the general election. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think then I would probably maybe even as I'm evaluating my own suggestion, he might then even want to pivot from the general about African-Americans and how they benefited under him to then just take it into the brown community, the Asian community. All minorities benefited under him yeah. because the uh, the free market system really uh, is it doesn't have anything to do in the value of America and our free market system and the the, uh, and the you know, the principles and laws in which this country was founded benefit everybody regardless of your skin color. So I don't know that I, I want to think this through because I'm not sure. You guys email me, what do you think? AndreaCasio.com. I'm not sure if taking on BLM in this moment would necessarily be the smart move. I'm not sure. I've got to think about that. It could be. It could be, Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about was we got an email from a listener asking about which church that Sesame Broccolini was referring to when he talked about uh, a message he had heard uh, that was woke and it was out of place for what he felt like should be discussed in the service. And um, the listener called and asked for the name of the church and, you know, Sesame Broccolini uh, i don't even remember how you said it, but you know you didn't give the name of the church out. We got another email from the listener, and I felt like it was important because I love you guys so much. I appreciate so much y'all emailing me you're interacting with the show. We do the show for you and for this nation. And I got an email from that listener saying, I get the Sesame Broccolini doesn't want to give the name, but you guys talk about getting active and I want to send a letter to that church. And I feel like it's a great discussion for us to have. We do want everybody to get active. I don't know if getting active on somebody else's story is necessarily the way to go. I suggest getting active within your own church within your own community? How are you messaging with the people in your own world? Who, how are you, do you have a social media account and the ability to, you know, push out content Uh, get on the phone and start calling Congress, get on the phone with Speaker Mike Johnson's office and tell him he needs to put forth in the appropriations process, uh, the defunding of Jack Smith's special counsel, the defunding of the FBI, the defunding of this uh, censorship industrial complex. Your thoughts, Sesame?
3: Absolutely. Um, And I, I really do appreciate the outreach, honestly. And I think the big takeaway, again, you said it very well. I want everyone to get active in their communities and their local areas and trust that I will get active and stay active in mine. I make myself and my convictions clear, um, trust that I will handle things and take action in my own immediate circle, in my own communities, in my own ways. And honestly, I do appreciate the fact that somebody's reaching out and wants i appreciate that kind of enthusiasm because it's very rare these days to see conservatives getting active but i think that is the the main message here is we need to start creating conservative activist groups we need to start reclaiming the battlefield and that starts with your local locus of control mm-hmm. that starts with your own schools your own school districts your own streets your own city councils your own mayors your own churches and parishes so trust that i will be that i am active and and will be continue to be that way in my community and please um stay active in yours because this listener sounds like someone who is probably pretty engaged um in their community and i just i i want to special shout out thank you for whatever it is that you're doing because this is it's hard work that we're doing but running mm-hmm. a republic is not an easy task and it's not a spectator sport it's it's a difficult right. thing to do and it's something that requires all of us it takes a village so we have to be mm-hmm. checking up on each other so i do appreciate that listeners on the show are just reaching out we uh we really it's just so nice and it's it's important that we mm-hmm. take care of each other like that so yeah i'm, ha- I'm happy that he, that this listener reached out and i just for me, again, just trust that I'm doing what I can in my capacities, and I encourage you to do the same in yours.
2: Yeah. Uh, it, it. In fact, maybe the thing to do is to, instead of writing a letter to this particular Catholic church, maybe to the diocese, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, uh, maybe to the Vatican, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that might be something to do as well. We're going to take a break. Final segment of The Andrea K. Show coming up. Don't go away.
5: Andrea K telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. How about we talk about in this final segment one of my favorite topics, food. And one of my favorite foods by the way is a burger. And when my parents, it was such a treat when I was growing up for my parents to buy steaks, and I just never really was that interested. And part, my dad always overcooked them until they were like beef jerky. Okay. So I always prefer a big, fat, thick hand patty. I want way more meat than I want bun. I like mine fried in butter and Worcestershire sauce. And if you've never done that, it is the best way in this world to eat a burger. So there's breaking news tonight. Somebody emailed me a while back that they thought I was probably the only person in America that had never eaten a Big Mac and I've never eaten a Big Mac. Well, evidently now they've got a, the Big Mac is going to have a new look. McDonald's has decided to overhaul its burgers. Uh, and make mass changes to its production methods in effort in an effort to compete with higher-end, fast, casual restaurants like Five Guys and Smash Burger. I do love Smash Burgers. Five Guys is a little boring to me. Do you like Five Guys or Smash Burger, says me?
3: I like Five Guys, but um, more so because the quality of the ingredients just seems to be pretty good. It's usually fresh and it tastes fresh. So you know, if I can, it's a little pricey though, so I don't I don't go yeah. to Five Guys very often. I don't think it's worth. Well, the Five what Guys and PB
2: closed down, so I really? don't even know where there's another Five Guys. Yeah. Wow. So okay. and the Smash Burger and La Jolla closed down. So, um, so here's the changes that they've made to the Big Mac. They and they've made fifty changes to its burgers. Um, uh, and the Big Mac since 2016, 50 changes since 2016, which is weird. Okay, so here's the change that they're going to make to compete with the higher-end fast, casual restaurant chains. Are you ready, Sesame? Um, They're going to include two smaller cooked all-beef patties, more sauce, and fresher lettuce, cheese, and pickles. So they're going to compete by giving you less meat, (laughs) (laughs)
3: you pay more for less what a deal Uh,
2: yeah i mean what kind of climate change huckster came up with this idea (laughs) 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 the burger buns will continue to be round and buttery oh okay but the sesame seeds will also be scattered to create a more homemade look i don't care about no look at the sesame seeds okay i care about meat and how the meat tastes (laughs) <laughs> um they're having to make these changes yeah apparently because McDonald's only ranked 13 among US chains um uh, with customers calling their burgers desirable earlier this year, oh, I mean, when were they ever desirable? <laughs> the ranking was based on a survey of forty-nine thousand consumers. I'm probably, you know, shaming a lot of people out there, but this is just. Even as a kid, I didn't, I didn't eat McDonald's. I didn't like it. it wasn't my jam. Y'all know the story about me here. Um, a TikTok user spoofing popular food reviewer Keith Lee. I have no idea who that is. Posted a video last month to show people why McDonald's burgers taste like a cereal box with ketchup on it. (laughs) He took a bite of a napkin. After swallowing the bite, he took the sad and cereal-like McDonald's burger and said they both tasted the same. Hilarious. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no flavor. That's been my problem since I was a kid. I like a big old fat burger with some meat in it. Oh no! Wait, I stand corrected. They're adding two additional little burger patties. That's what they're going to do. So they're going to have they're adding meat to it. Okay.
3: Oh, that yeah, that makes way more sense. Okay. So
2: instead of having one patty bread one patty, they're now adding a second. So they're actually going to give you a little bit more meat. Okay, they're going in the right direction. I still probably am going to think it tastes like cardboard. <laughs> um, but so that's you know if you guys are McDonald's fans and like a Big Mac. This is going to be coming to you. Something else I've never eaten, which is back, is the McRib.
5: <laughs> now, I, confession. Have you
2: ever eaten a McRib? Fess up to me now, Sethi. Oh, yes,
3: I have. I've had a McRib before. You
2: have? I have never eaten a McRib it's in my life. It's not
3: good. It, don't do it. It's not good. Well,
2: it doesn't look good. I mean, why <laughs> anybody would look at it? Food has to food. To be appetizing to, to your eyes first. I mean, it's obviously like the fake rib bone part is like made out. of I don't know what. Yeah, it I looks don't want like to a, know. It looks like rubber. I mean, I don't even know.
3: It tastes like rubber. A, a,
2: but people are like obsessed with this. People are like obsessed with this McRib, man. You probably love the McRib, and you're not willing to admit it right now.
3: No, I do not. I've had the McRib before, <laughs> but it was awful.
2: Well, you know, I don't know. I, you know, one of the things I'm known for, one of my skills. Is what to order at a restaurant. Okay. Really? In fact, it's true. Oh yeah, it's true. Because you have to know, and and some of it isn't isn't hard. Um, you don't go and order like a steak at a Denny's. Okay. You're gonna go to Denny's, you're gonna get, you know, the big the Grand Slam breakfast. Okay. What can Denny's do well? You know, a pancake. All right. <laughs> That's what you right. You don't go to an Italian restaurant and order fried chicken, okay? I don't care what they tell you about Italian fried chicken. It ain't the same. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We're just full of all kinds of public service announcements. All right. So um, we may be on tomorrow's show debriefing this debate uh, tomorrow, um, if it's worthy of our commentary. I want to hear from you guys. If you're watching it tonight, what do you think? AndreCasio.com. Email me there. Don't forget a podcast. If you missed the show tonight, download it wherever you get your pods. And we will see you on tomorrow's Andrea K. Show right here, 6 p.m. Pacific time on AM 1170 FM 96.1 and streaming all over the world.